0: One, one, two, check me out right here, yo. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the 610 Podcast. I am your host, Jay Hollihan, and today we're going to be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. We're kind of in a, you know, brief, um you know, kind of window here in free agency where we can kind of take the time and, you know, talk about what they've done so far. Um, There hasn't been any tremendous, you know, crazy um, acquisition that the Sixers have made. Right now, they've made some little signings that I'm sure they hope will end up into some bigger signings further down the road. Um, So right now... Where they're at, um, I think it's it's interesting to see what they've done and how I think that could have a ripple effect to perhaps some other players, you know, on the team. And I don't necessarily think it's anything to the point um, that it's you know really like oh my goodness, they're you know this move is going to take them to the next level or or anything like that i just think it's it's moves that could help others take their game to the next level and can help that player um you know that kind of gets that uh kind of gets that going for them, um, can also help them out as well, if if you follow me there. I'll explain it as I'm going through, trust me. Um, so we're going to start off with what the Sixers lost. And I say they lost uh, loosely for some. So first up, George Niang. You know, I think a lot of people really enjoyed watching George Niang this past year. Um, or not this past year, but as his time as a 76er and sure this past year as well, but I think they really enjoyed him. Um, I think, you know, he was good for what he was, but he couldn't really raise his game in terms of what you needed him off the bench. You know, he only averaged, you know, 9.2 in 2022 and this past year is down to 8.2, you know, um, wasn't. You know, he shot forty percent from the three. You know, averaged about five attempts a game and only made two. I mean, you know, that's good, but it's it's kind of a smaller sample size. Field goal percentage forty four percent from the field, um, and at the free throw line eighty six point seven. So nothing crazy, George Niang, you know, this season. I, I I thought maybe he could step up and kind of play a bigger role, but he really wasn't. And I thought maybe he could help out in the playoffs, and he wasn't. Then you got Shake Milton, um, who goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. There was a point in time that I was a big Shake Milton fan, you know, when he was first coming up in 2020-2021. Um, in that, I think that was his first full season He started some games um, Thought he did a pretty good job, you know in, in what he was offering you But in the end, it just didn't It, it just didn't, you know, work out, unfortunately um, And, you know, now he's Heading to Minnesota and what they're doing there um, So I think all that's great you know for him to kind of continue to you know continue to blossom um, if you will but you know this past year it his production kind of wavered at times I mean it was nowhere from where he was in that 2020 2021 season uh, he 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 kind of disappeared down the stretch um, to say the least so I'm happy that, uh, like I said, that he's able to to find somewhere else. Um, I wish he could have stayed, you know, maybe on a lesser, but the Sixers need experience there at that point guard role, and I thought they filled that pretty well. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, So moving on from Shake Shack, Jalen McDaniels. You know, I heard um, recently through the airwaves, that, you know, well, you know, Jalen McDaniels, you know, you traded a Matisse-Thibault and you got Jalen McDaniels and it didn't work out. You know, sometimes that happens. And I thought that Matisse-Thibault, the problem with Matisse was just that he couldn't shoot. You know, at least he was somewhat productive, if not pretty dang productive when he was on the floor. Played good defense. He was a lockdown defender for you. And Jalen McDaniels, I thought, did all that, but could also shoot. That's what everyone said. He was a no-show this season for the Sixers. He was a no-show. So I I don't know where that, you know, wh- where that got off. I mean, in Charlotte, he was averaging ten point six with four point eight rebounds. Uh, 1.2 steals 2 assists And almost a block a game With the Sixers 6.7 points 3.2 rebounds Almost 1 assist a game Almost 1 steal a game And point two block That's a big difference Um, I don't know what happened there I don't know where things got You know Out of control But that's Pretty, pretty bad, so he's on his way to the Toronto Raptors, so that's everyone leaving, the guys they're bringing in, so they're bringing back Paul Reed, three year, $23 million deal, are they overpaying maybe a little bit, yes, but they're hoping that they're going to give him this money now, and he's going to go forward, you know, for you a mile, um, in terms of what he can do off the bench, he's taking over in George Niang's position at the four, You know, I think everyone was kind of like, well, why are they bringing in Paul Reed when they've got other centers? It's, he's not going to be playing the five. He's going to be at the four. He's going to be playing that four position and they're going to help him out with his shooting, I'm sure of it. And um, I hope that with that, he's going to be more consistent, um, you know, playing each game. He's not just going to have one or two flashes and he's going to be, not just a guy that you use as a, um, you know, I've heard coaches say this uh, a lot. Not going to be used as like, you, you know, that spark off the bench. There you go. That's what people would call him. You know, he, he provided a spark. You know, I think Doc said that a time or two. You know, he was a spark. He's a spark. Now I think he's going to become more of an asset off the bench, and you're paying him to be that, you know, with where he can be from the four and. In the future, they may be planning on him becoming a starter to take over for PJ Tucker. Um They return Montrez Harrell. Uh, this was a move that kind of surprised me. You know, I, I like I like what he can do on the boards, but offensively doesn't offer you enough. I mean he doesn't exactly when Embiid bead goes out, he's not the guy that kind of steps, you know, steps right in and throws himself Um, you know, throws kind of caution to the wind and plays like his hair is on fire, Um, like Embiid can do at the five in the regular season. Um, but you know, I'm gonna read some numbers out. Harrell, when he had his first full season in the NBA with the Houston Rockets. He averaged 9 points per game, had almost 4 rebounds per game. And then in his second season, he averaged 11 points per game, 4 boards per game, 2018-2019, 16.6 points per game, almost 7 rebounds per game. And he only started 5 games that year. The following year, 2019-2020, 18.6 18.6 points per game, 7 rebounds per game. This is when he was the sixth man of the year. 2020 2021, that was 13.5 per game, averaging 6 boards per game. Um, and then 2021 2022, in total between the Wizards and Hornets, 13 points per game, 6 boards per game. So, reading that off, again, all is the backup. Backup big. This year. Five points per game, almost, well, I guess average bumps up six points per game and three boards per game. Um, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what exactly was the difference. Uh, I assume Paul Reed, as he played more, that's what kind of hurt Harold's, you know, production. I think as the third starter on the team, this can really work, um, but... You know, I think this could really work for him. You know, and for the Sixers, as far as it goes, I feel like he could, you know, maybe move to the four um, at times. I just think he uh, he gives you more depth, and I feel like he can be used as more of a, a leadership and veteran role. Even though he's going to be thirty, I feel like that could really improve him, and maybe even, you know, in the middle of the season, trade stock. Okay, now we're going to get to two of the free agent acquisitions from other teams. Patrick Beverly. Pat Bev comes over from the Bulls. Um he has experience with Daryl Morey in Houston. He had some of his best seasons in Houston when he was first starting off. You know, I think that what he did in Houston as kind of that backup point guard slash um, actually, he was more of a starter in Houston, excuse me, um, you know, that starting point goal, guard role in Houston to where he was able to switch and become the shooting guard, I feel like he's kind of more suited um, at point. And I feel like for the Sixers, you know, to start every game, I don't know. Maybe to help a Tyrese Maxey, though, and use his veteran presence, that's great. I mean, if he can really help him out, you know, adjust – to that point guard position because that's where I think the Sixers might be moving to with Maxi as the one if they move on from Harden. Pep Bev and Harden also have experience playing together in Houston where both of them, like I said, had some of their best days. I wonder if that's what Daryl Morey's kind of trying to rekindle uh, here in Philly. You know, I think that for Patrick Beverly. He also offers what P.J. Tucker offers you, and that's that leadership and getting on guys. He will get on guys. I mean, the Sixers have some great leadership with P.J. Tucker and Patrick Beverly that they haven't had in forever, and guys that if something's happening, they're going to be the ones to step up and yell at you, you know they're gonna put you in your place. You know they're the old heads on the team. They're the old dudes. They're the guys that are gonna get after you. I think that's great. You know you saw it on the bench with P.J. Tucker and and uh, and um, Paul Reed. Or well, you're about to see it with Patrick Beverley And maybe Tyrese Maxey. You know further down the stretch. So I think that's gonna be interesting to see. Um, Mo Bamba. So, <laughs> interesting. Westtown School alum, former lottery pick, drafted sixth overall by the Orlando Magic. Um, hasn't played as expected. I'll put it lightly. Um, it's been rough for him to adjust uh, you know his his um, going from I guess college to the NBA shooting stuff like that you know I think that's where things have gotten a little haywire for him um, and just kind of the style and the difference and you know not a great free throw percentage shooter um, hasn't really been terrific on the boards and kind of f- fell out of the starter role but there was a video that surfaced back in 2018 when he was drafted of him and Embiid going at it. You know, um, during a I, I don't even know exactly what you call it. It was a little like five v five. I think they were in the gym, just you know, and Embiid bodied him, went at him on the baseline, and I think bomba stripped him of the ball and Bede got it back and just threw down a mean dunk on Mobamba and proceeded to yell welcome to the uh, NBA rookie to him. Okay, so I feel like and Mobamba said that <laughs> you know, Embiid really helped him um coming up throughout in the off season and stuff and I think those two being together could really help. I think he could be a really good backup big for Embiid. I also feel like he can push Embiid, and Embiid can push him. So I'm excited to see that. I think Embiid really has never had a center that has pushed Embiid. I feel like that's what they're getting right now with Mo Bamba. So this, in my opinion, and I was not a fan of the pickup because I thought it could eat into Paul Reed's time if they would bring him back. Then I started thinking about him at the four, and I was like, okay, You know, that that can work. You know, I think Paul Reed might be a little more suited at the power forward position anyways. It does – that means you are going tall, though, on the floor at the same time when you put in the backups. But that's neither here nor there. Um, With Mo Bamba now backing up Embiid, and if Harden stays, even though we're still hearing that he might be – his eyes are still set on L.A., and that's fine by me. Just as long as we don't trade him for nothing, got to get back what you want, you know, in return. So I like what, you know, the acquisitions they've had. I still wonder if maybe, okay, could we move Tobias Harris? What are we going to do about James Harden? So all that's going to be, that's still all TBA, you know, nothing, nothing crazy yet to report. So. That's going to do it for me. Um, I'll be back here on the 610 Podcast on Sunday recapping the Phillies series against the Marlins. Excuse me, not the Marlins, um, series against the Padres. And for the Sixers, for the the meantime, I'll be back um, talking about them probably later on in the month or maybe even sooner. We'll see. Um, and I know that on the logo here, we haven't touched on two teams yet. That's Penn State football and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are 12 days away from training camp, so we'll be putting out some Eagles content soon and Penn State, uh, as well as we start getting closer and closer to this college football season. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll talk to you later. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven.